Tune in to Idiocy every day, week, month, or whenever we release. We talk about nothing for a second, minute, hour, or longer than you think is possible. But we're here to do the impossible. Cause I'm a hope, he's Walt, and it's time for the Hold and Walt Show. Yeah! Ho 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 ho! Hey, there, there he is. It's got a blur background. You don't want to see my background because this is the dumping room uh, where we dump all of the stuff. And it's my office. And I don't know, well, we lived together for some years. We lived together for one year and then you disappeared because you didn't like us that much. And then you came back and lived with us again. Yeah, um, it was good. I don't know if you remember, but I wasn't necessarily the tidiest of people is charlotte very tidy charlotte is really tidy um mm. charlotte and i don't argue a great deal but when we do it's normally about tidiness, tidiness. yeah mm. or, or my lack thereof <laughs> <laughs> right okay yeah interesting mm-hmm. i am not the most organized person when it comes to uh Finding a chair to put my clothes on. <laughs> yeah, my clothes are in a lot of... Well, we don't have a proper wardrobe at the moment, but even if we did, I don't think I'd be using it. So my clothes, there's some in a couple of piles in this room. There's mm-hmm. some in a pile in the corner in the bedroom. There's yeah. some in a drawer in the bathroom. Um, have you ever considered putting things on banisters? I... Uh, I do yeah. like to put them on the banister, and then <laughs> if I'm, if Charlotte's not, if Charlotte's uh, not on top of it, then they'll stay there until I've worn them, and then, oh, they, yeah. then they're back in the <laughs> dirty washing. Uh, right, it's not just sh- me that uses banisters, and uh, you know the the edge of doors. <laughs> I, well, that's that's where they go when they dry, and then you might as well. They're not in the way. No, no, it's exactly. not like having clothes on the banister prevents the banister from working. No, so, no, except that one there. time where you put your hand on the banister, there was a jumper there, it slips off and you fall down the stairs. Yeah, that was a bad day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that that might be for how us I die, both. Actually. You know, I um actually have a. This is a bit morbid, but I already have a theory about how I'm going to die. Oh yeah, not um, through the heat death of the universe or anything. Well, if I lived that long, that would be wonderful, I guess. Mm-hmm. I suppose at that point, your experience might be um, strange because you'll just be mm. a string of particles. But anyway... Um, that sounds like fun, actually. Actually, this might not be my death. This might just be how I enter a coma and then have amnesia. And it could actually ultimately be a really happy story. But you know when you're walking along the pavement? Um, have you done that before? <sighs> I mean, when you say you know, like, P- you, you assume, walk- you're assuming I have a base knowledge. Okay, well, you know your of, front door. Of anything. Imagine the front door. Of the house. Got it, yeah. Your house or Wh- my house? Any house. Okay, I, I'll, yeah, I can imagine a house. Whose house are you picturing? Uh, Charlotte's. Okay. <laughs> imagine walking out of Charlotte's front door. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know Charlotte's layout, but presumably close to her front door is mm-hmm. where the road is. Very close. And on the road, 
you can find cars and things like that. And next to the road is the bit where humans walk, and that's called right. the pavement. Oh, got it. Yeah, it's very yeah. narrow. They come in different sizes. The one near where I live um, is right. relatively narrow, but then there are others. Sometimes they mm-hmm. have designated areas for bikes to go on them. Oh, yeah. Bikes yeah, don't tend to use this. that area, but... No. Anyway, this is a bit rambly. My point yeah. is, I think, you know, right, when you're walking on the pavement and a bus drives past really close to you. Yeah, and it makes and, you jump. And they've got, or lorries or whatever, and they've got big mirrors that hang off the side. Oh, yeah. It's going to hit you in the back of the head. Yeah, that's my theory. Yeah. So do you die from the first impact or the second impact with the thing that you call the pavement? I guess you'd probably die from the second impact in reality because that's that's supposed to be really dangerous, isn't it? Um, what second the, the second the second impact is supposed to be worse than the first impact. Than the first. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I think if you if you get hit on the back of the head and then that gives you like a major concussion, if you yeah. then immediately hit your head again yeah. on the floor, that's probably yeah. where you're going to die. Kind of like a computer, just like, you know, if you drop it, it, you know, it might it, break. But when fine. you drop it the second time. Or when you kick it or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. you drop it and then you rush to pick it up, but you accidentally kick it. I was actually, yeah, I mean, I was talking to Charlotte about this the other day and I said, I might just go into a coma, mm-hmm. come back to life and have, you know, amnesia. And then mm-hmm. she'd have to think of the sorts of things you'd have to say to me to trigger those memories to make everything come back to me. And the, yeah, this this the point of that was she it's a um, happy story. She right? said she was going to convince me after my amnesia that I'm a really tidy person. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's good. That's that yeah, that went that came full circle. I did. Didn't even plan that. But yeah, yeah that's my theory. Do you have a theory on how you might or not how you might die just to get oh. the podcast going on a positive note yeah um i think it's going to be really really stupid uh no. no 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 as in like really stupid like um i have a cupboard uh that Lucky i'm not you. very good at organizing and it's got tins of sardines tins oh. of tuna tins of mackerel uh this isn't in your bedroom of- i assume no, it's in the it's in the bath. You know, I have to hide them. Um, uh, and um, I'm not very good at organizing f- like tins of of food. Um, and uh, I one day I'm I'm just gonna open the cupboard door, and uh, a a tuna tin like a like a heavy one is gonna fall off the top, like. And, and just knock me out. And then it's the second impact. Second as we said. impact. This the second yeah, impact. Second impact. That's that's an even more <laughs> lame way of dying than my Yeah. Death. Yeah. Death but you know, Trinity. at least I died doing what I loved. That's why that is a good excuse to never eat that sort of disgusting food. I mean it's it, what tins. We've talked about this before, but you, you I used to watch you spreading Spread. tinned sardines on toast yeah the fact that you can spread it at all is you wouldn't like spread if you could if you took a piece of beef steak 
Yeah. And if it was in such a condition where you could spread it on toast, right. you'd think something was wrong with it. Or it was steak tartare. Mm. Minced with a yeah. raw egg, salt, Except pepper, the onions, tin sardines doesn't look like... Grey bits of uh It, it looks like an shavings. actual... It actually looks like, you know, you'd sometimes spread a bit which looks like a fish's head. And then it yeah. would just mush. At least I know that I'm eating a fish. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the horse meat burgers. That you Are you saying that Tesco. steaks should be served shaped like a cow? Yeah. I mean, I... don't you remember? Those, those are the best ones from your childhood. Oh, yeah. Luncheon meat was... I never used to eat it, but I used to see people eating that. I find it quite disturbing to eat the human face ones with the smiley face. I, weren't they shaped like a bear? A bear's face. A bear's face. Without ears? No. My, mine had smiley faces in them. Without ears? What are you talking about? Yeah, I think they were potatoes, actually. What are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> they're, they're sort of like the little potato smiley face. Um... They're not quite chips. No, I said no, not smiley faces, not the potato smiley faces, luncheon mm. meat. Oh, what's what's lunch? It's, oh, I don't, I, the panda like stuff. Yeah, it's I like remember spam that. Spam or something like that. Yeah. 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 What, that is... Why did you start talking about Charlotte? I, no, I, yeah. Yeah, Charlotte loves those smiley face um, potato things. I bought some for her recently. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, how are you? How are you? How are you doing? It's been a long time since. Yeah, I've been very busy lately. Yeah, um, you're a busy boy. Yeah, um, I'm doing very well. Um, I came back from the UK Games Expo just uh, over the weekend. Oh, cool! How did it? How did it go? Really uh, fantastic. Uh, it was in Birmingham. So I headed up on the Thursday night, got an Airbnb, um, <laughs> and then cycled to the train station in the morning and took the train to uh, Birmingham International for the UK Games Expo, which, if you're not aware, is the UK's biggest board game convention. And I brought along uh, one of my prototype games that some of the listeners uh, have probably played um, called Micro Moon Marauders Co. And uh, as per usual convention style, uh, you walk around various different booths, mm-hmm. but everyone is so happy. Everyone is very um, excited to be there because we're all nerding out together about sci-fi or fantasy board games or whatever whatever it is. And... Um, I had a few pitch meetings, um, so I tried to pitch my games to certain people. Uh, one of the guys, one 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 person, suggested I go to um, a seminar on on digital hybrid games. Uh, I met the guy who gave the seminar. You know, gave him a pitch meeting. Uh, sorry, gave him a pitch. Um, it was intense. It was three days of meeting people. I had a three-hour public play test as well with the with the game. Whoa! Um, 
the night before my playtest, I I played with some designers and they were not pleased with the game. Uh, they said this is a problem, this is a problem, and I was shook down to my core. No I was like, oh, tomorrow's the public playtest. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Uh, but you know, you you go do it anyway, and um, you got some good feedback on on ways to improve what the designers suggested, and it's this kind, it's just yeah, it's just a constant process of refinement, and um, the game has a long way to go, um, but I met loads of people um, who are basically in the same boat as me, but just different stages of the journey. So yeah. I've designed, uh, you know, a, a card game that is um, you play as smugglers uh, working for a dubious company, um, uh, racing across the moons for contraband, and um, it's supposed to be a tactical negotiation card game. But many of the designers said, "Go one direction or the other. Make it tactical or make it negotiation. Not not both. It's." Um, yeah and uh but yeah so other people are in di different positions uh, so they've made the game and uh they're now drumming up support on their kickstarters um you know to sort of get funding and uh, make it or there are other people who were there who've done that already uh, successfully funded their kickstarter campaign and they're at the the expo selling their games with a massive grin on their face and uh yeah so you should probably um say that you have to pursue this mm -hmm. you are currently unemployed that's right yes yeah so that is left your job to, to go for this which is a, a bold, brave, bold strategy probably. and i think for many people um will be envious of you of, of a decision like that i um i figured i might as well start now you know if if i have 30 years until that fateful date where the tin falls on my head i might as well give <laughs> it a shot now you yeah. know um i don't have a mortgage i don't have kids i don't have a dog uh <laughs> Nice. So, uh, and then also lockdown made me think about what I wanted to do with my life, and uh, I w I'm in a position where I can give this a shot, and if all fails, at least I tried. Um, so, yeah. how do you fill your day now? Do you just um, spend time on the board game? So, I do a couple of hours of Japanese because I'm 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 planning on getting a part-time job to supplement my income. Um, hopefully. Uh, at a Japanese restaurant, that would be very cool. If oh. um, if not, uh, some other other chefing thing, something something uh, active. Um, yeah, so uh, a little bit of Japanese, um, some stuff on the board game, and um, trying to improve my skills in art as well. And it'd be interesting to know. I've actually made a third board game. Uh, I came back from the UK Games Expo with thousands of ideas uh, and I went with one of them and tomorrow I've got a playtest with other designers and I'm going to bring that along. It's called... But you You only got back on Sunday. I know. Uh, well, well or, or when did you get back? Sunday? Sunday night. Thursday today. 
Sunday you've already night. made a board game. Yeah, uh, I've got it here actually. Um, Good gracious! What uh, do you see on the on the screen? Mister Wallet is holding up um, an orange box to the screen, and on the top it says "Furious Frogs," yeah. designed by Alan Wallet. Yeah, and it also says in Japanese, uh, "Furioso Frogo." Uh, it's it's a uh, Yeah, very close. Yeah, I had a good. Are you good sure you should be diversifying? into other board games if you've just received loads of um, tips on how to improve the one that you're working on? Um, it's, I think uh, some people have mentioned, you know, it's not a bad idea to have multiple board games because when you get stuck on one, you work on another and then something in another will prompt you, uh, you know, you'll have some kind of mechanics change and you go, oh, I think I can fix the solution in the previous one. So you, you can cycle through them. Um, this one took me a day to make. It's a very simple one. Um, and uh, I've got, fr from making this, I've got some ideas about how to solve the problems in the previous one and some things I'd like to change. Um, but Furious Frogs is a, is a tactical card game that's more uh, directed at a younger audience. Um, but I think could actually be quite a lot of fun. It, there are different... Uh, I, I guess the premise of the game is there's a swarm of insects and uh, the furious frogs are samurai frogs and they're the last defense uh, and you have to kill as many insects as possible. But it's a competition between you to, to grab the insects and um, whoever gets the most glowing insects gets the times two, you know, legendary dragonfly god multiplier. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, any insects you miss uh, swarm together and you have to beat the sort of computer score, you know. Um, and uh, it's quite simple. Uh, the different ways to play. And tomorrow I'm going to test out the different ways to play, see which one is the most fun. And that's that. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So oh, life-changing life events for Mr. Wallet. There you go. There's the image. I'll You'll uh, have to put that in the um, newsletter. Yes. Yeah. Which you can yeah. sign up for at HoltonWalt.com. Yes. Well said. Good evening, ladies, gentlefolk, Holtz and Waltz, and welcome to the 1933 Tripe O'Clock Wireless Radio Telegraph News, where we bring you the week's latest news exactly as it was 88 years ago. We interrupt this program to bring you news on the newly discovered species commonly known as the Zamboni. I'm joined by Dr. Attenberger, our intergalactic species expert. So, I take it the Zamboni is a Zambono for boys and a Zambona for girls? I am afraid you are quite incorrect. A Zamboni starts off its life as an asexual sliding slug. On its path to reaching maturity, it either becomes a male and is referred to as a Zamboner, or a female, often referred to colloquially as the Zambliteris. 
Dr. Attenberger. This is a child-friendly podcast. We will have to end the show there. Thank you for listening to the Intergalactic Species Science Broadcast. I have been your host, Zerkoid from Omicron Persei 12. Thank you for listening to the 1933 Tripe O'Clock Wireless Radio Telegraph News. Brought to you by the HaltonWalt.com Radio Broadcast Service and the Federation of Real, Authentic, 100% Historically Accurate Audio Library Technicians. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, yeah, there's been a few movies recently which I have felt are cinema movies. Mm. Um, films, you know, spectacle-type movies which I think deserve to be seen in the cinema. Uh, one of them I dragged Charlotte to see was the Viking epic The Northman. And by... Uh, did... Oh, by who? Uh, well, directed by Robert Eggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With an absolutely stacked cast. Um, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask, did that, you know, bring back memories of your very first <laughs> date? Oh, of our first date? No. With the uh, martyrs, you know, Very taking fucked. Charlotte to see a, a film that's quite barbaric. Well, we watched Martyrs at Charlotte's flat. Okay. It wasn't in the cinema. Um, I mean, if you think that the North... I mean, the Northman is quite barbaric. Mm. Martyrs isn't barbaric. It's just horrendous. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. There's, to- to- yeah. Totally different movie. Totally different movie. No, I, Char- I, 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 yeah. Charlotte enjoyed the Northman and she wasn't that taken by Martyrs. Martyrs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend Martyrs to many people. If so, you do watch it, make sure you watch the unedited version. But um, Tell me your thoughts on the Northman. So that, well, yeah, I think not many people have seen it. So some of the people who are listening might not have heard of it before um, okay. or, or, or haven't seen it or I don't know much about it. But Ro- Robert Eggers, he was the guy who directed films which we've talked about on here before his first movie was the witch mm-hmm. uh the vivich the second movie was the lighthouse ah yes which yep. we have spoken about a few times and then this is his third movie the northman so people are right. calling it his the trilogy because you've got the witch the lighthouse the northman. yeah yeah and yeah. the first those the, the first final two movies, movie is just going to be the. <laughs> the 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 so the yeah, The Witch and The Lighthouse are both, I think you'd agree, pretty art-housey. Um, mm. Quite small, well-contained, small cast of characters. Not necessarily big, blockbustery type movies. Yeah. Uh, very character-driven. And th- and this is his sort of first foray into major, mass-appeal, blockbuster-type movie. Yeah. But mm. still very much um, a Robert Eggersy style, highly authentic, very well researched movie. Right. Okay. Uh, the the one thing that <laughs> people have said to me while watching this movie is, oh, it's so it's so historically accurate. So accurate. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Um. I think. I'm, I'm sorry, but like, there's that a, make a seer who is blind that appears to him in his visions, and you know, like, 
Yes, but that's the sort of thing which appears in these fairy tales. Yeah. In the old tales. I mean, right, you can't right. deny... But it's a fairy tale. How can you say that that's historically accurate? No, the stuff in the... Like, that sort of stuff is accurate to their culture. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a mix. There, There is... I mean, obviously, it's no, about... Don't say it's historically accurate. I'm no, not saying is, I'm not saying you. I'm saying the other people. The, the 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 ships that they use, the clothes that they wear, yeah. the the layout of everything, the and all the smoke, all the all the 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 fire that they use indoors, coming from like these metal pits that clearly using oil flames. Because if you were to use a normal wood in the thing, you'd get so much smoke that it would burn your eyes. Like. That's like, it's so historically no. accurate, and all the when they torch the 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 houses and things like that, you know the 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 sticks with fire. They're so historically accurate because, you know, there's Alan. no smoke from them whatsoever. Alan, you're, you're t- what are you talking about? They actually do burn the houses down. So no, they burn such- the houses down. What I'm saying is, so the first scene, right? They're living indoors and they're lighting the room with like um, torches, as in like sticks with a flaming thing on the end of it as opposed to just candles and little lanterns like you wouldn't do that you would die of smoke poisoning very quickly and then when they burn the houses down they've got sticks again with flames on the end of them and it's like that's yeah that's crazy like it would this in order to make those props and things like that you have to use uh fuel or or some kind of oil to make it flame and it's not historically accurate i'm sorry Anna, I'm but saying. you don't know how they did it have you and ever watched Lin- used to- have you watched lindy beige no lindy beige is a historian and uh he complains is that what he said about that he complains a lot about movies and their uh use of fire indoors because it's not historically accurate well i don't know that's not something i've looked into but that doesn't detract from other things you, uh, you can't what, pick one you can't pick on one thing and say that uh, makes the, it what, that the, the story is based on hamlet and it's so historically accurate it's like exactly Alan, like, ha- like the the, you, the, you, the, or, the origins of hamlet i like, can't believe just... you were doing this this is ridiculous. It's a movie do you, do with you a know story. The, the 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 story of Hamlet, like the 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 origin story before Hamlet. Well, that's what this is based on. Yeah, and you do you know that the main guy covers himself in shit and acts crazy, you know, What's so that, that he's What's that to do with anything? That's the yeah, that's the or, that, that's the original like fairy tale story. So, he smears himself in shit and he do, he stays in the same place. What's your point? This the, uh, Northman is completely different. Nobody what about says the that the part where is, he like? Nobody uh, says that the Northman is a direct adaptation. Well, who of keeps it. like people keep saying? Oh, so historically accurate? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like when people say it's historically accurate, Alan, they're not saying this literally happened. No, 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 no. It's a new story. So what are they saying then? Based they're on saying... fables, this historically accurate stuff is in reference yeah. to the way to all the shields, the way the villages are laid out, all that sort of stuff, and to the culture, to the, you know, the Viking um, funeral scene, all of that sort of stuff. The oh, clothes okay. that so, they wear. So when, when someone sort of... 
I, that I can understand. You know, the clothing, the attention to detail with the metal, uh, like rings and uh, parts of the culture, that I can understand. But my, I apologize, but my normal interpretation of when someone says, like, a, you know, the Northman is historically accurate, it's like they're trying to follow a his, you know, a, if you if you say, oh, Queen Victoria is historically accurate, you know, there's a movie about Queen Victoria, you expect that certain things in her life happened and are portrayed in the movie historically, you know, the historical significant moments are portrayed. What you're doing is putting what you think somebody is meaning by that and yeah. applying it. No one is saying that this is a true story. When people, when you're talking about the historical accuracy of, the, I can't even believe we're having this conversation. Really. No, no, no. When people I are don't... talking about the historical accuracy of the Northmen, they're talking about, um, you know, set design, clothes th- design, all that sort of stuff, and, yeah, and the I, cultural I, aspects. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I can understand that part, but there is the other side Obviously, of historical I mean, accuracy when, when they say like this is. The, if you're going to say it's based on the other, you know, the thing before Hamlet and it follows it so closely. No one's ever said that. Yeah, other people did. I never, that, I, I haven't, I, I never to. said that. And I've no, never no, heard I'm not, anyone say, I'm not say saying that. you said that. You've I'm talked saying... to people privately yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've not read this anywhere online. I've not heard any other reviewers talk about this before. This is just something that you've heard a couple of people and now you're having a you're bringing that to me. I've never no, said no, that. No, 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 no. I'm not bringing it. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that the other. It people... is not. A, it is not a direct adaptation of the original, you know, Amleth story. Well, someone said that. I don't care if somebody said that. That's not what it is. <laughs> I agree. It's not. It's and it's not a true story, obviously, because there's stuff that happens in it which isn't possible in real life. Well, I don't know who said it was historically accurate, but... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we just Look, have if... different interpretations of historically accurate. No, you're just wrong. <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're... I also like the fact that he swam through ice water to get back to the Iceland uh, to to the ice and it's like historically accurate. Alan, it's still a fable. <laughs> I also like the bit where you know like they fought on Mount Vesuvius and they had swords and you know like there was lava and they were barefoot and it was historically accurate. Why are you so hung up on that? Histor- <laughs> no one's saying that the stuff that I mean there's obviously stuff in it which isn't real. Yeah. But it's mixed in with stuff that oh. No, I know, I know. But I, I think the problem is when people say that it's historically. Why are you accurate. so bothered about what people say? I don't even know who you've been talking to. I've never heard anyone make the claims which you're saying. Oh really? Well, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I have yeah. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, you've you've come at this with a very strong agenda. Yeah, I it's think a it's... movie and it's a fable. Yeah. The story, when people talk about historically accurate, I mean, you must be, I don't know who you're talking to, but mm-hmm. they're getting the wrong end of the stick and they've okay. handed that end of the stick to you, I think. Yeah. Obviously, it's a fairy tale. Right. I mean, it's got things in it like he gets a, 
sword from some crazy journey that he has to go on that will only work in At moonlight night. or something like that. Only yeah, in moonlight. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that anyone is saying that that's true? No, absolutely not. What I'm saying is that is is that that could, you know, the fact that someone has told him that would make him think, oh, I must not, like it's, I must not unsheath it in the daytime. It's pre- it's sort of like, well, you can apply that presenting, logic to it if you want. Yeah, it's sort of presenting this um, mystical world that this person's you know, the main character's brain lives in based on the cultural, like, conditioning and the talk of mystical gods and stuff like that. So it's it's presenting, like, a sort of what is kind of a gritty, violent realism mixed with the indoctrination of um, religious beliefs, uh, you know, and mashing them together. I felt like, I felt like the movie, you know... The whole everything could have been avoided if the two main the, the two people at the beginning had just talked to each other. Which two people? The 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 king and his brother. I don't think so. If they just if they just talked it out, Alan, you know? I feel like you've just uh, <laughs> you've come out very negatively against this movie. I mean, that's how stories work. I mean, things happen which, um, you know. <laughs> um, well, did you like the movie? I'm gonna guess no. Um. On thought, I, I was definitely captivated, you know, like, def- it's a very strong experience, but a kind of, a kind of, like, it's not that it's, it's not a morally bankrupt film, it's just a revenge film, and it's like, okay, you know, there's nothing more to it. It's, it's very entertaining, but not in a, in a, it, only in an action sense. You know, and a pacing sense, but like, there's no story. It's just revenge. Well, I think okay, from an action set piece point of view, I think it does put pay to the fact that using real sets, minimal CGI, mm. uh, not a lot of coverage. You know, a lot of tracking shots, long takes, things like that. Mm. Is very effective, and I think it does work really well on the big screen. You know, I think it. I know you weren't necessarily a massive fan of it, but I, I do think that it was something which needed to be seen in the cinema. The sound design, the score, very intense. Yeah. I I, I agree with that. I, uh, it's just the minimal CGI that they did use, I think, was so out of place. Like, the, the first shot you see of the ocean and the boats travelling across the ocean, you know, returning to the island and it's so obviously cgi it's just like what like that's crap and then and then the tree stuff is so cgi it's just like this is really bad everything else is not cgi why disrupt the feel of it with something so computer generated and there's so much great stuff in this movie and you're really this isn't like you. You're really focusing on the negatives. Mm. What is it about this film which is... Uh, it seems to have lit a certain outdoor fire in you. Yeah, it's it's unusual. It is unusual. Um, I mean, this is exactly the kind of movie I think that Hollywood should look at. 
I, I'm surprised you're not more behind it. There's so when you think mm. of all the Marvel movies and all the movies that you see in the cinema, it's just the same stuff over and over again. Lots yeah. of overwrought, often quite poor CGI that just doesn't yeah. feel that real. And then you get a movie like this, which is very intense, very focused in its vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you can't really argue that it doesn't know the film that it's trying to be. Yes. The yeah, set no, no, pieces absolutely. are incredible when they yeah. storm the village and it does give you an excellent insight into, you know, um, the Viking um, culture and way of life, you know, when they're... Mm. You've got, um, what's his name, Alan... Uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. When they're all about to storm this village and they're all around the fire sort of letting their beast animal out before mm. they attack. You know, mm. that's all stuff that used to happen and on the screen mm-hmm. in a loud cinema it's very um sort of imposing on you really and then they go out to the village and you've got this one long tracking shot as they yeah. storm into it i mean that's an incredible thing to watch yeah um, and then I, you're are you seem really focused on the fact that there's like a 10 second clip at the start with some fake ships and stuff yeah, I can see I can see your point. Like I'm heavily f- focusing on the negatives and I I I think that's what happens when you dislike a movie. Mm. Um like I totally agree that it's got some fantastic positives, you know, the the costume design, the set design, the 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 action. It it's the gripping. Acting. I mean, Alexander Skarsgård is phenomenal. Um, what are these muscles here called on your uh, shoulders? Trapezium. Trap. Trapezium. Tra- no, no. Tra- uh, that, that's your. Uh, that's I don't know. These sort of deltoids. shoulder muscles that deltoids? yeah that connect into your neck. He had, yeah. They were almost too big. Because yeah. So he's, he's a berserker. They're playing berserkers, and mm. apparently you used to get sort of two different types of berserker. You'd get the wolf type, mm-hmm. which is more of a cerebral lithe kind of warrior and then what you do you say the... l-i-t-h-e lithe lithe yeah like nimble oh okay um athletic and then you'd get the bear type mm. who would just be massive and brutes mm-hmm. um and alexander skarsgård is supposedly supposed to be sort of um in the middle so he's really quite hench and beefy i mean also... i would say he's bear type like just from looking at him but that's but, interesting that he would way be considered halfway yeah. between and that's why his character in the movie they call him beowulf because oh, he's supposed really? to be a, a bit of both yeah 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 one thing which um robert eggers said he wanted but because it was a relatively high budget movie they wouldn't let him do but when they're doing that storm on the village towards mm-hmm. the start of the movie he wanted some of them to be naked as well because apparently that's how they used to do it Mm. back in day and it does show the horrible stuff once they storm the village they sort of take all of the um some people they siphon off to become slaves Mm -hmm. and the rest of them they basically put in a big hut you know the women the children whatever and set it on fire and just sort of burn them alive burn them alive yeah the horrible thing which they used to do yeah yeah but i I guess so despite all of 
the good points. Uh, and like when he has to go and get the sword later on in the movie, there's a segment where he has to go and get uh, a special mystical sword to help him fulfill his destiny. Mm. And it the way it's presented on the screen, I just thought it was exactly like you would imagine from one of these old historical fairy tales brought to life in such an epic, intense way. I wanted a whole movie like that. Um, I mean, it's 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 I. It's really it, that scene was very cool. Um, so he enters this uh, old mound where uh, some kind of ancestral Ancient king might warrior. have yeah. been buried with his wealth and goods, similar to, you know, the pyramids of Giza, where the the, the Egyptian prince is buried with their wealth, but just take it and it's like the northern version, uh, northern hemisphere version of that. And after he, after the battle ensues between this mystical king protecting his his sword, um, it sort of cuts the f- the flashback, and he um, suddenly Alexander Skarsgård just is standing in front of this dead skeleton, takes the sword, pulls the sword from the dead skeleton, and the skeleton falls apart. Um. And I don't think we need to get. I mean, you're going into spoiler territory a little bit here. We don't. We don't need to explain the scene. I don't think, unless you have a reason. No, no, no. So there's. A, so the the reason why I say that is because it's his imagination that he's having this battle with this creature, and then when he snaps out of his imagination, um, it's no. There's no battle. It's just him in front of. Uh, a dead king and he takes a sword and and there's there's nothing that happened it's just you know his sort of the culture and the mysticism that's been ingrained in him is coming out in his imagination and and you you do see them as well earlier in the movie taking hallucinogenics yeah so it it could it could be um... yeah it's it's that's what i'm trying to get at is that like it, it uses that um it has these fan- fantastical elements in it but it grounds it by saying that this could be a result of hallucinogenics a result of uh you know deep deep imagination you know just someone losing their mind but despite all of this you, what you think the story is too simple or it just didn't draw you in i think i think i dislike it because normally when there's a serial killer on screen you're not rooting for them um and this guy is in other movies would be portrayed as a sick serial killer if you if you consider the movie seven you know like a kind of i uh, i feel like by the end of the movie I don't think it presents him as a hero. I feel like by the end of the movie, you're thinking a lot of what he's done is is not good. Yes, I, d- I so I. I think I it agree. presents it in quite a neutral way. It's just showing you mm. what's happening, and I think it, you know there are there are some twists towards the end, which I think work quite well. Yes, yeah, it is I, a pretty linear story. You know, yeah, child watches his. Uh, and this is all in the trailer. That child watches his dad, played by Ethan Hawke, 
get mm. murdered. Uh, watches his wife, well, his mum get kidnapped and mm. decides he's going to re- avenge them someday. And yeah. then he grows up and then that's what he decides to try and do. Yeah. And that's what the movie's about. I mean, it's got one storyline and, and it's very focused. Yeah. I No, no, I agree that it's not trying to portray him in a necessarily heroic light. And especially towards the end, you question, you know, I mean, I, for I wasn't questioning whether he was a good person throughout the movie. <laughs> you know, that's not something that was the movie was trying to suggest. Um, but I, I, I disliked it because I guess it's trying to make you admire someone's like sheer force of will. Um, but it's not, it's not that it's trying to do that. It's trying to paint like a historical picture of violence and things like that and the, and, and, and that stuff. But I just disliked it on a moral level. But that is kind of tying back into that historical accuracy. Mm. It's very historically accurate, don't you know, Alan? Mm-hmm. Because it, you know, back then, particularly those types of warriors, mm. their life is built around the fact that they have a certain more well, not moral code, but an a uh, warrior code. A code of yeah, a warrior code, a code of honor. They have to avenge someone they have to die in battle in order to get into Valhalla mm. yeah you know otherwise and that's the thing that I uh it's really interesting because it's like I think when when I was younger and you hear about a code of honor you think oh that's righteousness and no you know noble behavior um but I guess you 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 know the movie shows that this kind of this warrior code is just a code of brutality um yeah and it's doesn't really mean anything and it it just shows you the level of like indoctrination that people have gone through um over the generations uh due to religious beliefs um and it's really interesting i watched something that talked about some studies um about these tribes who fish in sometimes in the rivers and sometimes in the ocean and when they fish in the ocean they have a very tried and tested method um you know they they have a special poison um that they fill the river with and they get a very large um catch and it's very consistent um method of of hunting fish when they fish in the ocean and it's much more dangerous because they might be at sea for long periods of time the weather is um unpredictable their catch is also unpredictable they resort to many uh rituals and methods a sort of like magical thinking to help them uh deal with the uncertainty and it's interesting that when there's a lot of uncertainty and danger people resort to sort of magical thinking or rituals and stuff like that and um this movie is kind of like that where it's like the magical thinking rituals have been passed down the generations and here is this person 
that is fully indoctrinated in this warrior code that if he does this this way he will be rewarded um and it's just yeah it's an interesting movie but definitely not my favorite when i i mean it's definitely a uh, a, a full-on visceral experience when the film finished i came out of the cinema and i said that's a film i'm probably not going to want to watch again for mm. a really long time i really enjoyed it but i thought it was a bit exhausting and mm. then it, it's a, one of the few films I've watched recently, which has really stuck with me. And then a couple of days later, I wanted to watch it again. Really? I think I just really enjoyed, you know, when I was watching it, I know we've talked about historical accuracy a lot, but that isn't what I was, I wasn't thinking about that sort of stuff at all. Mm -hmm. I've learned more about that since watching it by watching interviews and stuff and then talking about how they, the processes they use to make the shields and the mm. sorts of long boats that they're rowing and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. In reality, that doesn't matter when you watch a movie. That's the only sort of thing that's interesting And if you watch it three or four times. Mm -hmm. And when you start to care about that sort of stuff. When you watch a movie, the movie has to stand on its own merit. Yeah. Uh, and I did feel, you know, I, I really enjoyed it just for the the pure brutality. The fact that it's so different to any other kind of action movie that's out at the moment. Mm. Um, the way it was shot, he, you know, he shoots with no coverage, which means he uses just the one camera. Oh, really? So okay. lo loads of movies which you watch, they've got loads of cuts and things like that, and they cut yeah. between different actors. That's because yeah. they've got multiple cameras set up to, so yeah. that they can go into the editing room and 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 pick um, the best shots, the best yeah, angles, cut it together. You know. But Robert Eggers, when he's making his movies, he sort of has a clearer idea and he knows what he wants. Mm. So he's using just the one camera to get his footage which i think from the actor's point of view can be tricky particularly on the action shots because you've got to get it right right okay you know if you mess up it's not like they can cut to another angle yeah you know if you're in the frame you've got to get it right um uh, to me but i think it does make for a, a good movie yeah um, i mean that like sounds more experience. like you know proper acting I, yeah. I'm, I don't want to... It's more of an old-fashioned... Yeah. It's the sort of movie which you watch and you think, I didn't think they used, they made movies like this anymore. Yeah. It's... I mean, I don't want to sound like I know what proper acting is at all. <laughs> I, you know. Um, but when you watch someone on in the theatre um, and they do everything in one take and they memorise all their lines, you think, my God, does that take dedication and skill and commitment and things like that and you know having a movie where you have these one takes and you got to get it right that you know that yeah. that sounds hard yeah i mean i think most movies they do you know you'd see you still have the actors of um acting opposite each other but sometimes when you're watching a movie and you're just seeing one of the actors faces and they're in a conversation mm. you don't know if they're actually talking to somebody else if they're mm -hmm. just talking to the director, reading the lines back to them or something like that. So, yeah, I do like that sort of thing. Um, I, my personal main weakness with the film was Anya Taylor Joy's character was just completely undercooked. I, I don't think she was developed enough. She didn't really need to even be in it that much. She didn't have much of an effect. Mm. I th sort of the love interest kind of character. 
Yeah, I I think I think the purpose in my head, like if it was just him, it would have been, um, I don't know. It with with her character, it's trying to portray that he ha- he could have followed a slightly different life, a slightly different path. You know, fr- from a story point of view, it's trying to show that here he's off he's offered a path of peace and he rejects it. Um, and not that he would have been lived a very peaceful life, you know, if he stayed with her, they they probably would have enslaved more people. But um, I think that was the purpose, and I can I can see that that criticism, and I I think it's I no I think it's that typical sort of war story where for whatever reason the man seems to think it you know death is more important than supporting life Mm. i just more think that the relationship wasn't well enough developed yeah yeah they they don't have that many conversations and and um and then they love each other (laughs) Mm. yeah true but anyway so the northman gets the seb stamp of approval but i don't think it gets the as a movie, it's it's got it t- it ticks many boxes. I think what you can say about it, from your point of view, yeah, you didn't necessarily enjoy it, but you do appreciate mm. what it's doing. Yeah, I, the way I, it's doing it. Yeah, I appreciate the craftsmanship. I appreciate. It didn't the acting. do that well I in the cinema. The music, I think, it's just so. Yeah, it had a relatively low budget. I mean. It, I think its initial budget was forty-five million, mm-hmm. and then COVID came along and that doubled it up to ninety million. Oh, which really? Still, for a blockbuster movie, is not massive. And then uh, um, are they what in the in the hundreds of millions these days? Yeah, well, I saw Doctor Strange recently. That was two hundred ten million, I think. Or oh my 100, god, one hundred ninety or something like that. Right, right. Which is a good movie, but that's all CGI. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it made its its money back so. oh that's that's a shame because i would like to see more robert eggers you know blockbusters if they pick different material welcome to whole foods funeral care we give wake and bake a brand new meaning how can i take your order that's desiccated coconut sun-blushed tomatoes and wrinkly prunes on the house whole foods funeral care shop till you drop jared we've got to clean up on aisle four it's your turn in a similar sort of vein to what i'm trying to get across about cgi and practical effects Mm-hmm. I did also recently go and see Top Gun in the cinema. Mm. Top Gun Maverick, the the new Top Gun. Following on, how long? When did the original come out? Oh my god, a long time ago. I'm not actually a hundred percent sure if I've seen the original. Oh, we won't talk about it too much because you've not seen it. But yeah. I, I, well, took... I just want to confirm, and we can cut this out. But yeah. in the original. Does his best friend kill himself because he doesn't make the pilot training? 
I don't think no, no. It's then not that I'm dark. Think, okay, because I'm thinking of a different movie then, which is kind his, of similar. his best friend does die, but he doesn't kill himself. No, he doesn't hang himself in a closet. No, <laughs> no. Okay, then I've seen a very different movie. Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's this movie about uh, pilots. You know, like ah. they're they're trying to become pilots, and uh, it's really sad. Uh, the guy doesn't make it onto the pilot uh, at the very end. You know, the guy doesn't make it into the pilot training and his pregnant, like, girlfriend leaves him because she wants to date a pilot and he kills himself. Crikey. Yeah. No, Top, top, top Gun, <laughs> the original Top Gun is way more... Oh, right, uh, okay. It's basically like a long um, pop music video. It, it does have a pilot death and that is tied into the new one. So, yeah, in right. the original, um, Tom Cruise, who plays Maverick, is I don't know what you call him. Is wingman, mm. the guy that he flies with, um, called Goose. Mm-hmm. He dies while they're on a a training or, or a test flight or something like that. When the plane starts to crash and he has to pull the uh, ejector, ejector, and he crashes. He breaks his neck or something on the um, oh, cockpit shit. window because it doesn't come out. Yeah, or he, or he doesn't release fast enough. And so he dies. And then in the new Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, so, yeah, T- Tom Cruise uh, is a test pilot and um, he's not in Top Gun anymore. He's not related to Top Gun. <clears throat> and then they tell him he has to go back to Top Gun to teach all these other guys how to do this really uh, difficult, important mission, which has just come up. Mm-hmm. And Maverick is the best guy and he's the guy that they need. So they bring Tom Tom Cruise in, but one of the kids is the son. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw the trailer, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I saw the trailer when I went to see this Northman. I think. Yeah, maybe. And I yeah. thought, oh, this looks great. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really good. I mean, Top Gun Maverick is another fantastic example of practical effects and how well. They work in the movie, so everyone's heard this. You probably heard about this, but all of the shots from within the planes mm. were really taken from within the, within the planes. So fantastic! They got the they got they were working with Top Gun. I don't know if it was Top Gun pilots which took them up in real mm-hmm. life, but they they took the actors up in the back of these planes. Mm-hmm. They rigged them up. I think each plane had six cameras pointing in on them. Okay, um, and. The actor was in charge of pressing record when they wanted to start acting and yeah. then stopping it. Yeah. Um, so all of the everything that you see is them actually reacting in real. You know, you can tell it's not green screen. Yeah. And it just makes it so much more enjoyable and to visceral. Watch. And like... a big pa- and a big part of the mission which they're having to do is they have to fly really low. Mm-hmm. In like a canyon with all these things up around them and do these crazy maneuvers. Mm-hmm. So you see these actors actually being taken through these crazy maneuvers in real life and the way oh they respond my God. to it. And it's so cool. And like there's this bit where Tom Cruise is flying this really difficult course, mm-hmm. and every time the plane turns, and you can hear the effect of the G's on him, and he yeah. has to sort of hold his breath each time. Yeah. And you can tell you you can just tell that it's real, and that makes it really enjoyable to watch and the sound mm. design is fantastic and it's got you know cheesy pop music 
Um, like you know, when 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 a character in a movie gets gut punched, you might feel it. Whereas yeah. if 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 it's like a rubber CGI person get pun- gut punched, you're like mm, whatever. It's that kind of thing. I, I'm guessing that when you yes. see him hold his breath, you're like, Ooh! like even even yeah. you might sit on the edge of your seat and do the same thing. You're sort of so engrossed in the movie that you you become part of the experience. You definitely get that. And the planes, when they're doing weird maneuvers, which don't look real, mm-hmm. well, they don't look possible, but they look real because they are real. Because you, mm. you can tell, like you were talking about with those ships at the start of the Northmen, they you can tell they're fake. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good CGI is, you can tell when something is real. Yeah. And that's a big part of the movie. And, you know, the, the, the story is not complex, mm-hmm. but it is satisfying for a film mm. which has taken, you know, 30 years or whatever since the original. It does pay off. It, it's, it doesn't feel like a film that has just been done just As for the a cash grab, yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah, and it, uh, Tom Cruise, I think was was very instrumental in that, and he only wanted to make the movie if it could be done. Yeah, right. It, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Um, I know Tom Cruise is a bit odd, but he does know how to make a good movie. Yeah, I don't really know anything about him, uh, well, other than you know that one sort of. A uh, bit in the Adam Buxton podcast where jo- uh, Joe Cornish is talking about him because Joe yeah. Cornish is a is a writer and Tom Cruise mm. comes into the room. Joe Cornish is doodling a little dog, oh, yeah. and and says, uh, and Tom Cruise says, "Oh, c- can I doodle too?" <laughs> and and uh, Joe says, "Yeah, it's fine." Um, That's the thing. Everyone who works with Tom Cruise and meets him says he's. A really nice, yeah, like, and and just then a uh, crazy Scientologist T- Tom Cruise proceeds to draw just a, squ- a black square as the dog's leg. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't rip off other people's podcast <laughs> content. Yeah, yeah, but you know he's a Scientologist, don't you? Um, aren't a lot of Scientologists kind of blackmailed into becoming Scientologists? Yeah, I mean, you don't know what dirt they've got on him. Yeah, he could be. Well, I don't know. Let's not speculate. He might come on the podcast someday. Yeah, exactly. But regarding all that, disassociating the person from the actor, he he makes good movies. You know, the Mission Impossible movies, Mm. they're great. I've only seen the first one. Really? Yes. Come on, Alan. Mission Impossible. No, 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 that's not true. I've seen maybe the third one as well, or the fourth, I can't remember. You've got to pick it up, because the new one's about, is coming out soon. Oh, really? That's great. That's got scenes... In space. Oh, that are real as well. That are real, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise just uses movies just to do stuff he wants to do, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh, I mean, fair play. You know? Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. Good on him. So I definitely think, I don't know, you know, it might be in cinemas a little bit longer. You should try and get to see it. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, that's the next plan. In IMAX, if you can. Although I imagine IMAX is expensive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, sounds like a fun movie. There have been quite a few movies that I've missed as well that I wanted to see. Yeah, there's a movie out at the moment. It's not in my local cinema anymore, but um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I want to see that. really good. Yeah. 
There's yeah. an Alex Garland movie out at the moment called Men, which I really want to see. I when we saw the trailer for that, we just laughed at the title. It was really funny. Men, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. Men. I know. Typical men, eh? Men, eh? Apparently, yeah. it's very sort of uh, Cronenberg body horror. Yeah, inspired. it looks it, doesn't it? Um, Apparently, in the third the third act, it goes a bit crazy. Cool. Apparently, I've, I've not seen it. Uh, that seems like a horror that I could cope with. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Have you seen um, Alex Garland's other films, which he's directed? Name a couple. Ex Machina. Yep. Uh, I think he did Annihilation. Not seen that, no. That's a good sort of a sci-fi, mind-bendery, kind of a horror-y type film. Mm. I think you'd like it. Cool. Because you like to analyse those sorts of films. Yeah, I'm... I... Yeah. When when I was at the UK Games Expo, we played a kid's game. There were a few choices uh, in the cards, and uh, I played as the robot, and the person who invented the game said, oh, we found the person who likes sci-fi. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that? No, no, exactly. But I, I, I do like I do like those, those style movies. Yeah, so I think that's. I think that's a wrap. I think, I think that's, that's most a... of the film talk. I, I've also been watching Stranger Things. That's really good. I stopped after a while. Yeah, I yeah, series two and three weren't that great, but series four has been um, really good. More sort mm. of horror themed, and if you're in horror. I I kind of stopped. I think it was the season three one yeah one was good i can't really remember which one's which so season one one is is the beginning one season two is the one where the boy travels to the other world and there's the giant thing yeah i think that was the bad the not so good series wasn't it yeah Um, and season three was three was okay the teenager with the muscle car yeah um oh yeah and I just stopped after a couple episodes because I was like, nah, this is... Yeah. I, it wasn't doing it for me. And then I just stopped. It, yeah. T- yeah, I felt the same season... Th- yeah, it, it wasn't great. I mm-hmm. thought it was okay. But se- series four, I feel like it's brought it back up. It's quite dark and it's a bit more grown up and it's very inspired by sort of all the old 80s... Um, yeah, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street, bit of Exorcist in there. Mm. All sorts of stuff like that. It's good. Sounds good. Some of the episodes are really long. The, the last episode, which isn't released yet, it's going to be two and a half hours long. Oh, nice. Are they releasing it week by week as opposed to um, the, the, two parts? So they've released the first seven episodes mm-hmm. and then they're releasing the final two in July. Right. Okay. Yeah. But the last two episodes are really long. They're like feature film length. Ooh. Well, and each also, one is feature film. Yeah, I think episode eight's going to be an hour and a half or something. Bloody and then episode hell. nine's two and a half hours. I don't understand <laughs> why they would release it in in not in parts, but like all in big blocks. You know, surely you would want s- subscribers to regularly come back rather than binge it. But net Netflix has to do it. They they are basically the pioneers. Of binge watching, that's what their 
model is based on and 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 stranger things one was basically the the pinnacle of that yeah Um, yeah true so i don't think they can move away from it other things do you know i'm watching the boys on amazon prime that's weekly Mm. Mm. um disney plus all of their marvel shows they're all weekly Mm. but netflix i think they're losing a load of subscribers at the moment so yeah because binge watching is like not a sustainable uh... but they they release so much stuff but so much of it is rubbish yeah and they cancel things all the time too yeah like i've just been watching um mind hunter that's really good is that on netflix that's on netflix yeah okay but is that was that cancelled Mm, I don't think it was actually cancelled. It's um, what's his name, David Fincher. Mm-hmm. It's his show, and I think after this, you know, it's two seasons. It definitely needs a third, but I think he's just decided to do other stuff. Oh really? Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's a shame for Netflix. It's really, it's really good. It's about these two FBI agents going around interviewing serial killers who mm-hmm. are in prison to try and psychoanalyze them and understand what makes a serial killer to help them be able to identify and find but it's before that they it's before the term serial killer existed so they hadn't really you know multiple killers mm. weren't really a thing which they thought about much back then yeah what well, 1940s 1950s oh no not that long ago uh what a couple of years ago 70s late 70s i th- well i mean i think we had a bit ba- of, we I had a bit of an argument in there and <laughs> i think i think that's okay though i know. hope that comes across well in the you know we are friends don't worry yeah yeah of course it's just sometimes alan comes up with some ridiculous stuff and i need but to, that's uh, what our friendship is to let him know. On, you know <laughs> i come up with ridiculous stuff too sometimes of course. we 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 learn together yeah i'm sure everyone's wondering but just say um, the listener knows Alan is looking as handsome as ever. We normally start with that, but yeah, I'll sorry, put it on the I, tail I, end. I should say that Seb is looking like he's been working out quite a bit. <laughs> I'm I'm seeing my... the uh, deltoids, you know, just kind of <laughs> pop out the shirt. No, it's I, I, the only muscle I've been working out is my jaw muscles for. So if if Alexander Skarsgård is Beowulf because he's part bear, part wolf. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and you look you look at Seb and you just think, oh my god, bear. Like, all the way bear. <laughs> no, no. That's that's what I'm seeing. Just hulking muscles. <laughs> yeah, hulking, yeah. That's it. It's just um, well-placed fat, I think. I, I weighed myself for the first time in a while the other day. Oh, yeah. Do you want to know? Do you want it in kilograms or stone? You uh, Kilograms. I, I can't do stone. Okay. I don't get it. Are you ready? A hundred. hundred and nine. Really? Yeah. Okay. 17 stone. A little over 17 stone. And if I put that into the BMI calculator, mm-hmm. I'm obese. Oh, no. But then most rugby players are obese anyway, just because <laughs> yeah. of their, their, their muscle. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I probably have like... So I weigh 17 stone, I'm probably like 16 stone muscle or something like that, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and one stone, stone is... is just bones. Yeah. And then probably like half a stone brains. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to... Um, we've been talking for ages and 
I I think I think I think we did well. I think um I actually have a couple of notes on my phone of things to talk about. Oh really? But I don't um I don't um you don't know if we have time. Well I don't no I'm not we there's no point because it I don't make good enough notes. Right. Like okay. I write down a note to remind myself and then I looked to them before we sat down. I don't know what they... So the top one <laughs> you is... don't know what they mean. The top one just says, Charlotte Challenge Dishwasher. That's <laughs> okay. it. I don't know what that means. Yeah. And then the second note says, Suck Toe, Save Life. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what that means. I don't know. Is there a dishwasher challenge? I don't know. That's... I can't remember what it is. Yeah. That, yeah, that's bizarre. So I need to make better notes. Mm-hmm. Is the moral of the story? Yeah. For yeah. next time. Okay. Um, right. I'm gonna go have some dinner. Bye. All right. See you, Sabi. Bye. Good. Good to see you. <laughs>